Welcome to the sermon podcast of First Church of Christ, where our goal is to lead generations into a life-changing, ever-growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged by today's message. Good morning, church. Good to see you. You guys all caffeinated up. For those of you who like coffee, you got some? Yeah, okay. Those of you online, I'm sure you have your coffee as well. If you're a coffee drinker, thanks for joining us. Um, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you follow Jesus and you love him, uh, where will your eternal residence be? Now, probably in, if I asked you that question like five weeks ago, you'd have been like, heaven, yeah. But now this series is kind of throwing you for a loop if you've been following along. See, I believe, and I think it's clear in Scripture, that if you follow Jesus, your eternal residence, your eternal, like forever residence, will not be what we think of and what we call heaven. I know. Just, but walk with me here. Uh, if, if our eternal residence would be this place that we call heaven, which what do we think about in heaven? Uh, this is what Taylor talked about last week as paradise, the place Jesus is preparing for us, where we'll be able to be with him when we die. So when we die, be with him in paradise is what we think about as heaven. We will, our spirit will be there, but our body will be here, right? If, if that is our eternal residence, if that's where we stay forever, then that means that Jesus did not have the victory over death. Why? Well, because when God created everything in the beginning, uh, he created what? He created the universe, created like physical matter, he created the earth, he created uh, animals, and he created you. He created Adam and Eve, right? And, and how did he create them? With a body, right? With eyes and ears and hands and all these things, right? With physical existence. And he declared it as very good. And then sin came in, right? Adam and Eve, they, they decided they knew more than God and wanted to rebel against God uh, because of Satan's temptation. And they decided to do that. And with that, with sin, came death. And what is death? It's when our bodies cease to work, right? So if we then, uh, for eternity, spend our whole existence in a disembodied existence, then Jesus didn't win. But I'm convinced, and I'm sure you're convinced if you follow Jesus, that Jesus did win. Amen? So what we're going to look at today is uh, what it is in our future. Now let me be clear, because I think there's been some confusion as we've walked through this. Lots of questions, maybe. And questions are good, because uh, I think this series has gotten us asking some questions that we maybe never really asked before. But let's be clear. Okay, so when we die, if Jesus doesn't come, re- doesn't come back when you die, okay? Let's just, that's the disclaimer. Jesus doesn't come back yet. If you die, you have two possibilities. If you died today and Jesus didn't return today, if you follow Jesus, you would be immediately with Jesus in paradise, is what he called it, right? And paradise sounds good, right? I mean, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, like I think of Hawaii, you know, mountains, ocean, you know, Jesus, obviously, like that's that's really good stuff, right? And so if we don't follow Jesus, uh, we looked at this on on, uh, the third week, so a few weeks ago, we looked at it, and uh, what Scripture says is that we would go to a place called Hades, okay? This is this is where death is, and that's where we would go if we don't follow Jesus. If our name is not written in the book of life, that's where we'll end up going, okay? So 
that's, that's where we would go. When you die, okay, before Jesus returns in the span of history, if you died before then, either paradise or Hades, okay? But when Jesus does return, uh, we will all rise from the grave, like we will all be risen up, and uh, we will have bodies that are transformed, glorified. And we will all face this moment that we talked about in week three of judgment, so when we get to Judgment Day, uh, this moment where we will all see each other there and the throne, God will be on His throne and He will judge all of us. He will have the book out, the book of life, and we'll all know what we did. We will already know our eternal destination. However, we will not know why. I mean, well, we will, but God will lay it all out for us. And for those of us who get to go into what we're going to talk about today... The only reason we'll be able to go there, we will, it will become very clear, is because of Jesus. It's because of Him. And for everyone else who has their name not written in the book of life, uh, they will be, along with Satan and his demons, thrown into the lake of fire with Hades and death and all that. And, and that I don't know about you, but the lake of fire just doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound good. But for those who do have their name written in the book of life, when Jesus returns... And you get judged. And because of Jesus' sacrifice, because you surrendered to Him, you'll be welcomed into what we're going to talk about today. So, everyone got that? Are you tracking with me? And it's okay if you do this. It's fine. Just track with me. Yes, no. Yes, no. Just not, come on. Give me some. <laughs> Brain is tripping out. Uh, yeah. Okay. Good deal. Thank you for that one head nod. Thank you. That's good. All right. If you have a Bible, Revelation 21 is where we're going to be. We're going to go to the end of the book. And we're going to see what is in store. Because I believe this is going to be much better than what you've ever thought. Revelation 21. Starting in verse 1. John has this imagery and he sees what we will see in the future. So, Revelation 21, verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride, adorned for her husband. Jerusalem looking good, y'all. That's what I'm saying. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, Look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and he will live with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I'm making everything new. He also said, Right, because these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will freely give to the thirsty from the spring of the water of life. The one who conquers will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But the cowards, faithless, detestable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and not to leave anyone out, all liars, their share will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Then one of the seven angels who had held the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came and spoke with me. Come, I'll show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. 
He then carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Arrayed with God's glory, her radiance was like a precious jewel, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. The city had a massive high wall with 12 gates. 12 angels were at the gates. The names of the 12 tribes of Israel's sons were inscribed on the gates. We'll stop there for now. So what do we see after? So again, I'm going to drill this in so that we can really get it, right? If you died today, Jesus doesn't return today. You'll be, if you follow Jesus, in paradise. If not, you'll be in Hades. And when Jesus does return, he will will all rise and face judgment. And after we face judgment, we either go to the lake of fire, which is hell, or we'll go to the new earth. And so he's talking about the new earth. And notice what he says about heaven. So the place, our eternal residence... Uh, Like I said, if we want to use Bible words for Bible things, this is what I think we should do. Uh, Our eternal residence is the place, earth, where heaven comes down to. And what does he say? It's going to be remade. It's going to be, the old one's going to pass away and the new one's going to come. What did we talk about in week two? uh, The resurrection. We talked about how we are destined for a physical uh, existence beyond this life. Right? Because Jesus is going to, going to resurrect our bodies and give us, uh, new bodies. Right? And so in the same way that that is in our future, what is in the future for the earth is the same thing. So the earth, our, our earth, hey earth, you know, like, it's gonna pass away. But it's gonna rise again. It's gonna be similar, just like you're gonna be similar. You're gonna be like you, like you are gonna be you, by the way. But you're going to be a new you. I don't know what that means exactly. But scripture says we transform glorified uh, spiritual bodies. Which spiritual don't take that to mean the opposite of physical. You're going to have physical bodies that are going to be awesome. Like hopefully, you know, I've got some more muscles than what I've got now. You know? Uh, and, And they're going to be good bodies. Now, the earth is going to be what it's like now, but way better. It's going to be way better. And And why is this? so important is because when God created the earth, he said it was good, right? He said it was good. This was good. This is a good place. This was supposed to be where we would hang out for the rest of eternity. Death was not supposed to be the case. It wasn't supposed to be here. But sin came in and we gave ourselves to sin and then we died. And so we have to deal with that. So it's a new earth and a holy city uh, a, a city, y'all. This is going to be our dwelling place. A city. A city. And n- let me let me just keep, like, this is going to be important. This is not a start over. It's not like, okay, earth, let's throw you into the fire uh, and let's get a new one. No, it's going to transform it just like we are going to be transformed. So it's a new chapter, not a start over. So let's talk about what life will be like. Just a little bit, right? Experientially. Think about this. You know that text or that call that you dread to get one day of your loved ones, like a loved one passes away? You'll never get that there. You know that experience when uh, you and your friends are not having a good time together? There's some kind of conflict between you two. Those moments, that frustration, that discord, that will be gone. 
You know those moments where you can't help but to cry because of all the pain and all the, the suffering that you've dealt with and people around you are dealing with? No more. You know the times when you see your kids going down a path or something happens to them, somebody hurts their feelings, that hurts your feelings as a parent, as a grandparent, and, and it, it causes you anguish and frustration and sadness? No more. Those, those moments, right, when, when you are getting up out of bed and you're like, Oh, you know, you woke up, you, you went to bed feeling good and you woke up and something happened and you got up and you're feeling terrible. Your back is like, Ugh, right? It's like, what did I do? I don't know. I slept. <laughs> and you wake up and it's like, your whole, your whole day is ruined. No more. No more. You know, those times when you're suffering from depression or anxiety or some kind of mental illness. No more. No more. Those moments when we were dealing with pain and suffering, no more. And did you notice what he said in here? So not only do you have like a really cool city, and it's like radiant. It does not emanate smog, the city, but it emanates God's glory. That's good stuff. That's good. You can breathe. It's fine. Uh, You're not going to walk the streets of this city and and worry about your safety. I know, small town Bluffton peeps, right? You're like, I don't want to go to the city. scary uh it's gonna be a city that you'll like you'll actually want to go to it's gonna be great but also did you notice he said i went up to a, a mountain there's gonna be mountains y'all anybody amen can i get a witness anybody like mountains it's gonna be good yes amen hallelujah thine the glory so there's gonna be scenery we're gonna look around and it's gonna be like oh wait this kind of looks familiar but it kind of doesn't uh in in his book randy alcorn he has a book called heaven um, and it's, it's pretty good. And uh, he is quoting another guy uh, named C.S. Lewis in it. And I think it's helpful for us to see this. So little little, little story time. Okay. You guys, you guys good? <clears throat> you got your coffee and cookies? <laughs> we provided that. Okay. This is what he says. He's going to set it up. So I'm going to read a little bit of what he says, Randy Alcorn. And then we're going to read a little bit from C.S. Lewis's uh, In the Last Battle. <clears throat> In the last battle, C.S. Lewis portrays the girl Lucy as she mourns the loss of Narnia, a great world created by Aslan, a beloved world that she assumed had been forever destroyed. Jewel, the unicorn, mourns too, calling his beloved Narnia the only world I've ever known. Although Lucy and her family and friends are on the threshold of Aslan's country, heaven, she still looks back at Narnia and feels a profound loss. But as she gets deeper into Aslan's country, she notices something totally unexpected. What happened next, I believe, is what Randy's saying, reflects the biblical revelation of the new earth. Okay, so here we go. Those hills, said Lucy. The nice woody ones and the blue ones behind, aren't they very like the southern border of Narnia? Like, cried Edmund after a moment's silence. Why, they're exactly like. Look, there's Mount Pyre with his forked head, and there's the pass into Archenland and everything. And yet they're not alike, said Lucy. They're different. They, they have more colors on them and look further away than they I remembered. And they're more, more, I, I don't know, more like the real thing, said the Lord, Lord Diggory softly. Suddenly Farsight the eagle spread his wings, soared 30 or 40 feet up in the air, circled round and then alighted on the ground. 
Kings and queens, he cried, we have all been blind. We are only beginning to see where we are. From up there I have seen it all. Ettensmuir, Beaversdam, and the Great River, and Ker Parvel, still shining on the edge of the Eastern Sea. Narnia is not dead. This is Narnia. But how can it be, said Peter? For Aslan told us older ones that we should never return to Narnia, and here we are. Yes, said Eustace, and we saw it all destroyed and the sun put out. And it's all so different, said Lucy. The eagle is right, said the Lord Diggory. Listen, Peter, when Aslan said you could never go back to Narnia, he meant the Narnia you were thinking of. But that was not the real Narnia. That had a beginning and an end. It was only a shadow or a copy of the real Narnia, which has always been here and always will be here. Just as our own world, England and all, is, our, is only a shadow or copy of something in Aslan's real world. You need not mourn over Narnia, Lucy. All of the old Narnia that mattered, all the dear creatures have been drawn into the real Narnia through the door. And of course, it is different. As different as a real thing is from the shadow or as walking life is from a dream. The difference between the old Narnia and the new Narnia was like that. The new one was a deeper country. Every rock and flower and blade of grass looked as if it meant more. I can't describe it any better than that. If you ever get there, you will know what I mean. It was the unicorn who summed up what was everyone was feeling. He stamped his right forehoof on the ground and neighed and then cried, I have come home at last. This is my real country. I belong here. This is the land I have been looking for all my life, though I never knew it till now. The reason why we love the old Narnia is that it sometimes looked a little like this. So C.S. Lewis is getting at the idea that when this earth passes away and is transformed, it will be like the old one, but better. All the things that we experience on this life, right, when, when we see injustice and it bothers us, when we see violence and it bothers us, when we experience pain and it hurts, when relationships don't seem to go the way they seem to in the beginning, when we are confused by what things are happening around us, we are experiencing the brokenness of this earth because of the curse, because of what sin has brought in. But one day we'll experience the real thing. He's saying that this is like a shadow, a shadow reminding us of the real thing. That is to come. The thing that God always wanted us to experience. That this place was designed to be like. But eventually it passed away. Because of sin. And eventually this earth will be transformed. See what, what this is kind of like. Encourages me in. And it's like really exciting to think about y'all. Is if this earth is going to be transformed. And resurrected just like we are just like our bodies, then that means just like us, uh, we will remember things from the past. We will get to build on what we've learned up until now. You ever thought about that? There will be so much more to learn on the new earth because there's so much more to learn right now. And yet we will then have unhindered minds that are not hindered by sin or grief or pain or suffering. But we'll be able to learn about what God has created and learn about him in a greater way. We'll be able to build on what has come before. When God put Adam and Eve 
uh, on this earth, he told them to cultivate the ground, to multiply, and essentially to create culture, to create what we experience now. And so we'll be able to do what we've always done as human beings. We'll be able to explore. If you never, if you don't find all the nooks and crannies of the earth uh, in this life, don't worry, you'll have all of eternity to find some new ones. You'll be able to go and explore and see what God has created. We'll be able to go and we'll start to learn. We'll create small things because we're made in God's image and he's the creator of all things. And just like him, we create just in small ways, right? And by the way, we'll also work. We'll work. In Genesis, when God created Adam and Eve, he gave them the task of work before sin. And I know, like, some of y'all are like, yes, work is good. Some of y'all are like, for real? <laughs> It'll be work. You will never dread a Monday again in the new earth. Ever. You'll be excited because the curse will be gone. Painful toil, painful work, frustrating work will be in the rearview mirror. And we'll be able to enjoy what we're doing. So if you are someone like, oh man, I was looking forward to playing that harp on that cloud. That was, I was looking forward to that. Hey, you can go play a harp. That's fine. I'm sure there will be harps in the earth, on the new earth. And you can go to the club and, and entertain people while they eat their wonderful food. And you can, you can play the harp. It's all good. It won't be on a cloud, but it's fine. So what will life be like it'll be kind of like it is now but way better way better now this is what god's mission has always been is to remake to renew what went wrong in the beginning so just like he's created you new because you followed jesus and you surrendered to him and you went down in the waters of baptism and died to your old self joining in jesus death and you came up raised to new life just like him we're going to be able to experience what life was always meant to be like. And he's going to do that same thing to the earth. We'll experience it anew. So Revelation 21, uh, we got some more to go through. Eight, verse 18, this is what it says. The building material, so it's talking about the wall, so the city. The building material of its wall was jasper and the city was pure gold, clear as glass. The foundations of the city wall were adorned with every kind of jewel. The first foundation is jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony. I don't know if that's how you say it. Uh, the fourth emerald, the four, fifth sardonyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, the eleventh jasmine, twelve, the twelve gates are pearls, each individual gate was made of a single pearl. This, the main street of the city was pure gold, transparent as glass. I did not see a temple in it because the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it because the glory of God illuminates it and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never close by day because it will never be night. There, they will bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. Nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who, ever, who does what is detestable or false, but only those written in the book of life. So, we've got a, 
a new earth and we've got a, a, a new city. Okay? So if you would, let's everyone, uh, remember you're gonna have a new body, so this is okay. Let's put our new walking shoes on, okay, and let's go for a walk. Alright, everyone up for a walk? Your hip's not gonna hurt, your back's not gonna hurt, it's all good. Everybody good? Okay, you don't seem very excited about this new body thing, I think you should be. Alright, so we're walking, let's, let's start out on the outside of the city. So we're on the west side. What's up? Uh, and uh, we're going to go into the gate. So we come up upon this wall and we look up at the wall before we get into the gate. And it's big. It's big. And, and we look to our, to our right. We look to our left. We see the wall expanding beyond what we can see. Maybe we'll be able to see further. I don't know. Maybe have some eagle eyes. That'd be cool. Um, and, and so the, the wall is huge. Revelation 21 gives us the measurement of the city. It's 1,400 miles in length. 1,400 miles in width. And get this, and it's a square, so all four sides, 1,400 miles. And 1,400 miles in height. You know, I th- thought about, like, measuring the height of it. So I like to think about, like, New York City. You know, the, the livable space, right, is not just confined to the ground level, but we can build up. So engineers, there you go. You got some work right there, building some cool skyscrapers. I don't know what it's going to be like, but you look up. So we're outside the wall. We, we're looking through the gate, and we can see these just something big. Buildings, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be like. We don't get that specific details, but let's just imagine. The most beautiful place you've ever seen. The wall is like glass. We walk into the city gates. The gates are made out of one pearl each. And by the way, the gates are always opened at the city. Why would a gate be open? Because they ain't worried about nothing, right? The gates are always open. There will never be an enemy come against this city, ever. Come against this new earth, ever. And so the gates are always open. So you come in, come in, let's hang out. And so you walk in, and let's just imagine that we're kind of in the middle of the city as far as north and south. And we, oh, by the way, 1,400 miles, just just for perspective, that's the distance. If we were in Bluffton, Indiana, which we are, and we wanted to go to Salt Lake City, Utah, that's about 1,400 miles. East, west, north, south. Huge. Huge city. Never, like, been to a city like this. And so we, we walk in, and... Right along Main Street, walk into Main Street, and it is beautiful. The street itself, no potholes at all, y'all. Made of gold, clear as glass. And y'all, seriously, the new Earth Department of Transportation, big budget. Big budget. It's for real. Uh, it stays clean, clean. Uh, and I don't know what kind of like cars are driving by, if we got some cars. like a, Is it a Tesla? I don't know. You know, like is it a 1969 Camaro SS? Maybe, hopefully, you know. Uh, and so, hopefully that's me driving it. Um, and so we walk in and we, we see this beautiful uh, street, this beautiful colors. The trees are just vibrant. The most beautiful trees you've ever seen are there. The most beautiful thing. You, your, your eyes are almost overwhelmed by the pops of color that you're experiencing in this city. So we're walking, we're walking, and we're walking. And uh, as we get... Uh, into the city. And this is a long walk, y'all, because it's 1,400 miles, so we got to get 700 miles to get into the middle. Um, and so we are walking, and by the way, as we're walking, you look to your left and you look to your right. Maybe we're power walking, you know, because, you know, we got some things. Uh, and, and so, uh, by the way, when you look to your left and you look to your right, you're going to notice people who don't look anything like you. 
The kings bring their glory into it. The, the nations bring uh, their cultures into it. This is a city that is unlike any other. A city that not only is multicultural, but is unified and peaceful. A place where people from all walks of life come to dwell together because they follow Jesus. And what if, just as a precursor to next week, what if we as the church were destined to be and designed to be the people in this life now who could be like that then? Where people of all walks of life, different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different cultures, all came together under the banner of Jesus, just like we will be experiencing for eternity. I think, it, I think it's actually there. I think we could do it, y'all, because we follow Jesus. He's love. He gives us the ability to love people. So we're walking. And, uh, and as we get into the middle, we, we notice there's no temple, y'all. There's no temple. This is the new Jerusalem. There ain't no temple there. Ain't no temple there. And uh, the reason is, is because God is there. God is with us. God is there with all of us. There is no need for a temple because we are God's temple and we get to enjoy life with him. So uh, whenever you go on a vacation, anybody like to go on vacations? You, got, you like it? Anybody who doesn't like going on vacation, don't raise your hand. It's fine. We'll pray for you anyway. Um, uh, and so uh, if you like going to places, like one, one thing that as Sarah and me and our kids started to do, you know, we started to uh, be able to go on some, some little trips. And last year we went to Michigan City, Indiana. It actually is really cool, but this doesn't sound like very appealing. You know, Michigan City, Indiana, you know, it's like, wow, you really, really went far, huh? Um, but it was really cool. So we went there, and it was a lot of fun. And when we are at the end of a vacation trip like that, we always ask each other, Sarah and me, and our kids, hey, what was your favorite part? What was the best part of what we did? Um, and so for Sarah and me, it was like on the jet ski on Lake Michigan exploring, which, by the way, I hope and pray that we've got some jet ski, you know, on the lake uh, in the new earth. Like, that would be awesome, right? Um, and so there was that, and then hanging out with the kids in the lake, just, just, it was all around the water, right? And, uh, the kids, that was their thing. They loved being in Lake Michigan and swimming and ha- having fun. And so that was the thing. Now, the thing about the new earth and this new city is the best part about it is God's presence. Is God's presence. So if you follow Jesus, you have God's presence right here with you. He's, he's here. If, if you follow him, the Holy Spirit is indwelling your, your very body. He's with you. You will never be alone. But when we are in the new earth, in the new city, like it's going to be something different. It's going to be something better, unhindered by sin, unhindered by uh, all the things that have evil in us that we're in bondage to a lot of times or feel like it. And he set us free from that. But we still live in a world that is filled with evil, Right? And so we will be able to experience the presence of God. And it's, it's hard to understand or hard to even comprehend. But just think about the way the fruit of the Spirit is. Love, does that sound, is it good to feel loved? Guys, you can even admit it. So it's good to feel loved. It's good to feel joy, right? Joy, love, joy, peace. Oh, that sounds good. What if you got patience, y'all? We can have patience right now. It's, it's hard, but, you know, God teaches us. Um, patience, uh, gentleness, kindness. Goodness, faithfulness, self-control, all those things. We'll be able to feel that and, and live that every single day in its fullness because of God's presence. So we've, we've got some more walking to do. Okay, Revelation 22, verse 1. Then he showed me the river of the water of life, cr- clear as crystal. Not like the Wabash, y'all. Uh, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Did you notice the source of the river? 
And he showed me the river of life, the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Down the middle of the city's main street, the tree of life was on each side of the river, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, producing its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree are for healing the nations, and there will no longer be any curse. There will no longer be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his night will be His name will be on their foreheads. Night will be no more. People will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun because the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. So one thing we didn't notice while we were walking in, which we would have noticed, but it didn't function this way for the the tour. But as we're walking down Main Street, y'all, there's a river in the middle. Beautiful. You can hear it. It's peaceful. Clear as crystal. Just like the, the street. And it's the the river of the water of life with its source as God. And on each side of the river is the tree of life. This is the the thing that we got banished from. Because if you eat the fruit of the tree of life, then you live forever. I don't know what it looks like to be on both sides. Like, I don't know, like kind of comes up together, something. I don't know. But it's amazing. The fruit being used to heal the nations. Can you imagine it? So we're walking, and we're like, oh, that's really amazing. And we get to the center, and we see the throne of God. And this is what's going to happen, y'all. Like, we're just going to have moments where all of a sudden, even those of y'all who don't sing or don't like to sing, or like, you know, you just kind of stand there when we sing worship songs, you're like, yeah. uh Y'all are going to be on your face singing in praise to God. Like you've never done it before because you will see him on his throne and we will be worshiping him and praising his name because of his goodness and grace. And y'all, the curse is gone. Verse three, it's so easy to pass by it. The curse is gone. What did the curse do? The curse made the thorns and the thistles come up, made it hard to cultivate the ground, made it hard to multiply, made it hard for us to do what God said to do. Why? Because we had given ourselves over to sin and that means death and that means that we don't, live up to the potential that God had for us. And so the curse is gone. The things that we deal with on a daily basis, they'll be gone. The curse from the ground, like our, our work, if you're a farmer in the new, new earth, it's going to be much easier. It's going to be much easier. If, you, if you're a friend in the new earth, which you will be, it's much easier. Relationships are hard, y'all. But it won't be there. The physical ailments that we deal with on a daily basis, some of us, it's in our future, some of us in our present, uh, those are going to be gone. The curse is gone. <laughs> the, the mental illness, the, the struggles, psychological struggles, they're going to be gone because the curse is gone. It's hard for us to comprehend it because we just know what this is. But think about the most joyful times you've ever had in your life. The times when you're like laughing hysterically because you're watching some good stand-up comedy. Imagine having that feeling all the time. No concerns. No frustrations. But being able to live on the adventure that God has put us here for in all its fullness... Every day. 
and to worship his name. That's going to be pretty cool, y'all. Holistic transformation, every part of us. Just like we are destined for holistic transformation as human beings with our bodies transformed, our whole minds transformed, everything. And and that process is starting right now for all of us in this earth because if we follow Jesus, he's doing that right now. But also for the earth itself. Holistic transformation. Everything transformed. This is what we've been getting after in this series, just to try and give you not only a clear picture of what it all looks like together, but also what your eternal residence is. A Christian's eternal residence is not heaven. It is the place where heaven will come down, the new earth. What have we seen for all of history? Adam and Eve in the garden, God comes down. They rebel, God comes down to meet Abraham. Give him a promise. The Israelites enslaved in Egypt. God comes down, speaks through Moses, has them build a tabernacle, God's presence with them. Eventually they build a temple, God's presence with them. Eventually Jesus comes, God coming down with them. Jesus ascends to the throne as a king in heaven, as our king. And those who surrender to him, what happens? The Holy Spirit comes down and dwells you. This has been the pattern. It will be the pattern for eternity. That heaven one day will come down to meet a new earth. A new heaven, a new earth, a new you, a new me. A new existence. One that we were always created and meant to live in. (laughs) Revelation 22, verse 14. This is what... Is said to every single person on this earth. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they might have the right to the tree of life and may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to attest these things to you for the churches. I am the root and descendant of David, the bright morning star. Both the spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears say, church, what's that word? One, two, three. Let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life as a gift. The invitation to every single person. No matter what you've done, no matter what you're doing, no matter what your belief system is now or what you've done in your past, is to come. This is the beauty of what God is doing. Is that right now we have the opportunity to invite people into God's kingdom right now. It's not, hey, come someday when. Come when you understand it all. Come when you figure every little thing about all this out. It says, come Jesus said it himself. He said, all those who are weary and heavy burdened, come to me. I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Jesus is the one who came down so that we could have life now and forever. Y'all, this is a beautiful reality. And if it's true that what we do right now has some bearing on the next life, if what we do right now, the things we learn, the things we accomplish, the things we create, the things that we do to bring God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, 
right? If that is true, then what that means for us right now is that we have an amazing mission to actually live out. Every single one of us. What did Jesus tell us to pray? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we're called to do. So the things that we get to look forward to, like, oh, I'm so excited. We get to be those people who are living that kind of life now. And we're also the ones who get to say, hey, come. If you have no hope, come. If you don't know Jesus, come. If you've been doing that, come. If you've been giving yourself over promiscuity, hardship, whatever you've got. You've been sinning against your brother, sinning against your sister, whatever. Come. With Jesus, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You get to come, you get to surrender to him, and you get to have life now and forever. This is all connected, and that's the beauty of it. It's not just like, hey, we do whatever we want here, and one day it's all going to pass away. We don't care about the earth at all. We should care about it. And, uh, you know, one day we'll just have this ethereal kind of disembodied experience in heaven. It's just completely uh, separated. It's just, you know, our physical lives and our spiritual lives. That's not how it is. It's all connected. We're meant to be holistically surrendered to Jesus, and he's going to bring holistic transformation to our lives. And many of you are walking testimonies of the power of God. And you need to just tell somebody about it. Because God's met you in the midst of some hard times, some trying times. He's been with you. It wasn't easy, but you knew he was with you. And he's with you so that you can be a part of what he's doing. If you follow Jesus, you are a son. You are a daughter of the Most High God. And not only do you have a personal relationship with Jesus, but guess what, friends? You get a new family. This isn't just about you. You get a new family that you get to love. You get to bear each other's burdens, sacrifice, and serve each other. That's the beauty of this. It's not just about you. It's about this whole world. It's not just about America. It's about this whole world. Because one day, all nations, every tribe, tongue, and nation will be together in one place, proclaiming the glories of our awesome God. And he's given us a mission right now to go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything he's commanded of us. And surely he'll be with us always to the very end of the age. What does it look like to obey Jesus? It means to live this kind of heavenly life now. It's a beautiful thing. And he gives us the opportunity and the ability to do it. So if you're someone and you don't know Jesus, you don't have not come to him, then I'd encourage you to have a conversation with someone. You can talk to me after service. You can reach out to us on social if you're uh, on, online. Um, if you came with someone who you know follows Jesus, has a relationship, and, and is surrendered to him, then talk to them about it. Uh, we would love to see you surrender to the king because he is inviting all of us to come and enjoy life now and forever. And don't miss next week. Because we're going to talk about how eternity can change our todays. Our todays. Church, would you stand? We're going to sing out to our awesome God. Father, thank you for meeting us here today. Thank you for being with us and showing us what you have said in your word about what is in store for those of us who follow and surrender you. God, thank you for... uh, Man, giving us so much more to hope for and look forward to than simply sitting on some clouds and hanging out. Thank you for 
giving us a, a picture uh, to be able to use our imagination to just imagine what life will be like then. And God, would you give us a conviction right now, here and now today, to begin living out that new, re- renewed, transformed life today. Help us to be that kind of people where if someone would look at us and they're not a part of this family, God, would you show them your love through us and through our presence together and through our love for them? God, you are calling us to build your kingdom here. Thank you for a mission. Thank you for a purpose. God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts and don't stop what you're doing in us after we leave here. Help us to be in tune with what you're doing. We love you, Jesus. Please hear our song, our our voices praise to you. Uh, May it be pleasing to you as we worship your name. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast by First Church of Christ in Bluffton, Indiana. For more information, visit FCCFamily.com.